What's up, guys? What's going on? I'm Paul. This is Pauline Theology, and we are on our daily devotional with Trust in Jesus Ministries. Man, we are on the last part of Abraham, and we are transitioning. We talked about that transition for a couple of episodes now, and we are about to do it. But we've got to finish kind of tying up the bow on Abraham and what he is doing. We're about to, I guess you'd call this maybe his... Um, his uh, obituary, uh, like the page that it talks about when it finishes all the, you know what an obituary is. Anyway, if you haven't read it, 25, 1 through 11, go ahead, check it out, see what that's to say, come back, and then we'll answer the four questions. If you've already read it, we're going to go ahead and jump into it. So what's 25, 1 through 11 say? Well, it's the end of Abraham. It's the, the finishing line. This is This is over with. It talks about how Abraham uh, married another uh, woman and then had a bunch of kids with him. And those kids became nations. And then uh, it goes in and it talks about how Isaac was, uh, or oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm tripping. It just it talks about that uh, he sends, uh, the Isaac gets the blessing. He, he said he gives Isaac all that he has. And then it says that he also gives gifts to those uh, children, though, that he had with Keturah. And then after that, it says that he sends those kids away, that he doesn't allow them to claim the promise that um, he was given to Isaac. He doesn't he doesn't get give them the opportunity to take that. And then it says Abraham was 175. He died. And then his other son came back, Ishmael. So Ishmael and Isaac come back together, kind of like a reunion in a way, if you think about it, because it was because of his uh, making fun of or maybe uh, like uh, playing around with him, driving is what we call it. Uh, uh, Isaac, when he was younger, that sent him away, kind of like a uh, clash of uh, of uh, brothers. And now he comes back. Maybe a little reunion is going on. But anyway. I, Isaac and Ishmael come together to bury Abraham, and it says that they bury Abraham with um, his wife Sarah. That they uh, they bury her him in the same tomb in the place where he had bought this place. It, it's kind of thinking really. It's it's really about him adhering to the promise that Abraham believed God and wanted to be buried in the land that he knew his ancestors would be in, but. Uh, yeah, and then after that, it says that God blessed Isaac, and Isaac lived in the land of, uh, this, this is a long word, it's, uh, I think it's uh, Bear Leoy Roy. That's the place, if you recall, that's the place where um, God spoke to, um, God spoke to, uh, uh, oh my gosh, Hagar. Ooh, sometimes my brain, I, I be getting mixed up, but he spoke to Hagar and uh, told her that that child in her was going to be a nation and that uh, she shouldn't worry and she should go back to Sarah and endure. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of a play. I think the author is saying like the promise because it says that he blessed Isaac, but he didn't bless Ishmael. So it's it's saying that he is claiming that promise. And I think we talked about that last week um, or the week before, or I'm sorry, last episode or the episode before when we spoke about Isaac is that these little things like this showing a placement that really he's um, um, taking over the firstborn right is that Isaac has now become the one who receives the blessing, the birthright. And he receives the everything that the firstborn is. That's why it says that Abraham gave him everything.
So what is this passage saying about God? What is all of this uh, ending of Abraham and switching to Isaac say about God? Well, it goes on to say the same thing has been saying. God is faithful. He is faithful because he's keeping that promise to Isaac. He blesses Isaac. After the death of Abraham, God blesses Isaac. That means that that God is going to produce and, and grow and make fruitful and increase Isaac. And we're going to see that when we um, continue to read. And then also it's faithful because not only is Isaac going to be the one in which we see Christ come from and he's going to fulfill the the um, salvation of all of the nations, but it also says that nations will come from him. And it wasn't specifically speaking of just Israel. It was speaking of a lot because we see that even the sons of Keturah, uh says that nations came out of them. We have Ishmael, nations come out of him. And a question that you might ask also, you know, we like to bring up the warrants when people say, well, now Abraham got all these kids. You know, he couldn't have any kids before, but now he's got all these kids. Well, I think it's a fulfillment of the promise is that God said nations would come out. And so after he established the nation in which all of the world would be blessed, then he continued to bless Abraham by allowing him to have more children and then more nations that came from him. So I think that kind of answers that question, if that was something you might have been thinking or asking. Uh, What does this passage say about man? I think it says that we should act according to the promise. Act according to the way that God has called to us. So I think sometimes we um, get these these callings that God has called us to do or God has spoken to us and said we should do. We read through his word and we study his scripture. We know this is what God has said we should do, but we don't act on it. Well, Abraham acts on it, man. He believes God. And so he moves his life according to those promises. And I say that because what he does is he sends away all of those extra kids. All of his kids that he had, he gifts them, gives them things, just like he gave Ishmael water and bread, and then he he sends them on the way. He gets them out of the way of Isaac, because Isaac is the child of the promise. And so he believes that and says that they can have no claim on the land that they are in right there, because that is the land for Isaac and his descendants. Why? How, how should we apply these truths to our lives? Well, for me and you... I think we should start to walk out the promises of God in our life. If God has called us to do something, if God has shown us what we should uh, uh, believe and how we should trust, we should believe and trust. I think that's so important because that is how we are to demonstrate the goodness of God to the world. Because when we act out the things that God has called us to, which is loving neighbor, loving God, then others see that and are glorified. And then they can see the blessings in our life as we walk and we carry out the things that God has specifically called us to. I remember a um, a friend saying that the reason in which she became a Christian is because she saw the power or the faithfulness of this couple who had went through a tragic thing and they still had joy. You see, God, they knew the promises of God in their life. They knew the trust that they had in him and that all things worked together for his glory. They knew that um, that 
whatever happens was the sovereign control of God and that these things would shape and mold them to be more like Jesus. They knew that God was in control, even in a desperate, difficult situation. And because of that, it brought joy in their heart and that the person around them saw that. So when we walk out these promises of God, because those are all promises that God will be with us, that God is in complete and utter control of all things and that he is doing uh, uh, for us good and that his glory will be seen through it. And when we trust those promises and live things out in accordance to that, then others see and glorify God. And so let's do that today. Walk out the promises of God in your life. Hey, I appreciate you guys for listening and I will see you in the next episode.